Hi, welcome to the Ellen B. Show. I'm Ellen, your host for this great talk show that informs with real facts and not false news. If you miss any of my shows, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. When you go to Facebook, you're going to have to punch in Ellen Braverman. But when you go to SoundCloud, you're going to have to punch in the Ellen B. Show. Okay. So today's show will be about the Hayes County Commissioner's Court with a dash of politics thrown in. In the first half, I will be talking with Debbie Inglesby, who is presently a commissioner on the Hayes County Commissioner's Court. In the second half, you will meet Democratic candidates who are running for different positions on the Hayes County Commissioner's Court in this November's election. So welcome, Debbie, to the L&B Show, where facts are important and not false. So I've been living in San Marcos for about a year and want to learn more about the political makeup of Hayes County, of which Hayes County Commissioner's Court plays an important role. Can you explain it to me and my listeners how the Commissioner's Court works? Good morning, Ellen, and thank you so much for the invitation to come and speak with you. Um, So just some of the basics. Yes. Uh, Commissioner's Court is made up of five members, a county judge who is elected countywide and is the presiding officer of the Commissioner's Court. Um, He is also the budget officer in populations of less than 225,000 uh, residents. Uh, most judges have judicial duties, okay. uh, which include presiding over small civil cases and probate matters. Uh, county judges serve as the head of emergency management, and they al- also represent the county in many administrative functions. Okay. And uh, there are also four commissioners, each elected from their prospective precincts. Commissioners are responsible uh, for the maintenance of county roads and bridges within their precincts. Um, As a court, we have policy-making authority, and we conduct the general business of the county. Uh, We also set the county budget and tax rate each year. We set the salaries and benefits for our county residents. Um, We also um, are responsible for the care of our indigents. Um, We call, conduct, and collect, uh, we call, conduct, and certify elections. Uh, We also operate the county jail for all law enforcement agencies, um, and we provide judicial courts for our county to include justices of the peace, county courts at laws, and district courts. And those are just some of the many functions that commissioner's courts are responsible for. Wow. That's a lot. How long, how, what's the length of term for the uh, commissioners? There's no length of term, uh, and they are four-year terms. And so um, as long as the voters elect you, you're, you're in office for four years. Okay, how do they get elected, and who can elect them? Okay, well, the county judge, again, is elected countywide so it's all the voters of the entire county that vote for county judge and as far as commissioners we represent precincts and so the voters in that particular precinct would vote uh, or elect uh, the county commissioners okay so the precincts how is that determined and Uh, that's through the census which is done um, every 10 years uh, and um, we try to divide the population up uh, in four equally uh, in all four precincts okay so is gerrymandering any part of that or i mean um well um i would say there is some gerrymandering that happens yes and i think if you look at a uh, our hayes county map uh, you would most likely see some of that well can it so so then a commissioner can get reelected. yes so it's every four years so sometimes um the election is uh in between one of the big elections That is correct. Uh, uh, The elections are held on the gubernatorial election cycle and also on the presidential election cycle. What happens... If there's a tie on the court, on the commissioner's court, is there ever a tie? Uh, Well, there's a county judge, uh, so there's five members, so there is usually not a tie. Um, Why why is it important in the lives of uh, Hayes County residents? I mean, how does it affect us, the commissioner's court? Well, again... Can you just be a little more specific? Maybe select something that would affect us, an issue? Sure. Um, So let me me talk a little bit about roads, our our transportation system. Okay. Um, And so I'll give a brief 10-year snapshot what we've done and all the work that you have seen throughout the county. 
But so prior to 2008, uh, the counties counties were in discussions with uh, state officials and TxDOT representatives, um, and it became very clear that TxDOT had money only for the maintenance of their count, uh, of their state road system. Okay, there would be no funding for construction for new construction or for construction uh, for reconstruction of any of their state roadways. It would only be for maintenance. Local governments never imagine that they would have to participate in uh, improving state roadways. But it was either wait 10, 15, maybe 20 or more years before any major improvements would be done on the state highway system uh, that provides safety and other aspects important to our residents and others that drive on these roadways. And so the county asked our voters in 2008 uh, to consider a $208 million bond bond, uh, proposition. The voters did approve that. Uh, Of that $208 million, $148 million uh, was used for a partnership with the state through a pass-through finance agreement. Uh, This agreement, the county would provide upfront funding for project development and construction, and TxDOT would reimburse the county through a formula on a on the number of vehicles traveling on these roadways. Uh, in, in our case, the state would reimburse the county $133 million of that $148 million. Uh, and so to date, uh, we uh, have been reimbursed over $35 million from the state. But if the counties would not have stepped up in right. that case, you know, we are a very fast-growing county. And if we would have left a lot of these state roads, <clears throat> all the roads or all the improvements that you see on the high way uh, on IH35. Mm-hmm. The county has participated in all those improvements. The improvements on Ranch Road 12, a very dangerous road where not too long ago we had uh, several fatalities uh, on U.S. Uh, Highway 290 in the Dripping Springs area. Um, multiple fatalities and the county has participated with TxDOT on that. That was part of the pass-through finance agreement. FM 110, uh, which starts at McCarty on I-35 and comes to 123, uh, was part of that uh, FM 16 <clears throat> excuse me FM 1626 in the Kyle area a very heavily traveled roadway was also part of that partnership uh, and so the county felt that it was very important to ask the voters to consider uh, this large bond and I the voters agreed that it was important to move forward with this partnership with TxDOT. Where can my listeners find out more about Hayes County Commissioners Court? Uh, they can go online to okay. our website um, www co.hays.tx.us um, and there is information uh, regarding uh, many aspects of county government. Uh, there's also a, a website, the Texas Association of Counties. Um, they deal with all elected county uh, officials uh, and there is a tremendous amount of information that can be found on that website. Okay. Um, can can anybody come to see the court while it's in session? Yes, it is open to all who uh, want to. Okay. To be there. And I understand that it is at the county courthouse beginning at nine, and the court's agenda is posted on its site each Friday prior to the next session. That is correct. That's correct. Yes, and they're held every Tuesday uh, starting at 9 o'clock a.m. Okay. Um, I just wanted to, can anybody come before the court to address the court? Yes, there is a public comment period, uh, and they have three minutes to speak, uh, and they can speak about any issue that they'd like, uh, although during that three-minute comment, uh, the commissioner's court cannot respond. We cannot have any interaction uh, because it's not a posted agenda item. Now, there we can uh, give out factual information at that time, but there is no, uh, you know, interaction back and forth. So if somebody wants to speak before the court, do they have to call up? and? Uh, they just come in that day. There's a short form that they fill out, and then they are called up to speak. Oh, okay. That might be interesting mm-hmm. to do that. Are there any issues that have come before the court that have not been resolved due to a difference of opinion? And then what happens next to this issue? Yeah. I mean, I know this is a loaded question, so you can maybe just take one issue or... 
you can just explain generally how okay well how it happens certainly i mean there are many issues that the county is dealing with one of the important ones that has come up recently is um water uh because right. of a company an outside company uh coming in and wanting to pump an enormous amount of water out of our aquifer and um and so we are dealing with that they they have rights the property owners have rights to lease their property and and this company came in and did just that. Uh, the issue is the amount of water they're wanting to pump out of the aquifer. Uh, and studies have shown that the amount that they're wanting to pump out will negatively affect the wells, the nearby wells. And so uh, the commissioner's court is very concerned about that. There are residents that we represent that will be affected. Um, and so uh, we are working uh, with the residents, um, and we have filed a contested case uh, uh, to be a part of that contested case um, uh, to see how we, uh, the county, can help in that situation. And so um, that that is something that is just really important that we're dealing with right now. Um, so while this case is contested, they can't uh, pump any water? That is correct. Okay, yeah, they're waiting great. on their permit uh, from the Barton Springs Edwards uh, Aquifer District. Uh, and so right now it is on hold until that gets resolved. Okay. I think it's almost time to go to a break and when we return um, I'll be still talking with uh, Debbie for a little bit uh, because I've got one question more I want to ask you Debbie okay Okay. on unfunded mandate I'm curious about that okay okay so when we come back we'll be talking more with um, Debbie and then after that we're going to be talking with uh, four people who are running for uh, positions on the Hayes County court on the Democratic ticket. All right, Sid. Okay, welcome back. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Ellen B. Show with me, Ellen, as your host. You can also follow me on SoundCloud and Facebook. I am still talking with Commissioner Debbie Inglesby on Hayes County Commissioner's Court. And uh, we're going to be talking about unfunded mandates, which I have no idea what it's about. So, Debbie, fill me in. (laughs) Thanks, Ellen. Um, well, let me let me explain what an unfunded mandate is. Uh, it they are laws passed by the Texas Legislature or Congress, you know, the Fed, the federal level, that directs counties to undertake specific governmental actions without any funding to support such actions. And so, I'm not sure if folks are aware I'm of, not. of the number of unfunded mandates uh, that are passed down through the legislature or through our state government. And it certainly can put a strain on the services that are essential and that we provide to our residents. And so uh, there was a House bill last session uh, that passed the House, but it stalled in the Senate. And so uh, we are continuing to work as counties um, and cities uh, and local governments to uh, talk with our legislators uh, to pass this law to stop unfunded mandates. If they want us to provide those services, they need to provide the funding for those services. How long has this been going on? Oh, for years. This is something that county governments and local governments. Sid, Sid interjected. How much? 200 years? <laughs> yeah. Sid said about 200 years. Uh, I had I had no idea. Now, there. Uh, I mentioned earlier a website the Texas Association of Counties, uh, on their website, you can uh, get a survey that was done in 2016 regarding unfunded mandates. As I just flip through some of these pages, I will tell you that a lot of the unfunded mandates come in the form of our judicial system. Um, For instance, court-appointed attorneys, uh, the indigent indigent defense um, has gone up 136 percent and counties have had to take on most of that expense. Uh, The state provided a percentage, a much higher percentage, many years ago and throughout the years that has decreased and so counties, because their mandates, their laws, counties have have had to come up with the additional funding. Well, what happens if you can't come up with the funding? Um, I'm really not sure. (laughs) 
uh, their laws and we need to abide by those laws. And so um, uh, we have to do them. And so all we're asking as uh, is that the state legislature uh, take up their responsibility and provide the funding for uh, these services that they are asking the counties to do. All right, go ahead. Okay, so um, another one, for example, court-appointed attorneys in child protective services cases. Very important. We have a lot of children that are in horrible situations, and they have to be provided attorneys, yet no funding is provided for Does them. The, so, so you're trying to get the state to increase the funding to the local? Absolutely. If they would just increase it to what they uh, had funded us uh, in prior years, uh, that would be a tremendous help to the counties. Uh, But their, as I mentioned, their funding has decreased over the years. And so we are uh, here to pick up the additional funding that is necessary to implement these programs. Um, And the list, the list really just goes on and on the jury pay, you know, we want to certainly pay our jurors for coming in and serving uh, as a juror, but uh, that has increased uh, 19.2% with no additional funding from uh, the state Uh, victim assistance coordinators that has gone up uh, 28 and the federal government doesn't pay any money they pay a small per- percentage uh the federal government is also uh you know a level that uh brings down those unfunded mandates to local levels uh, you know i think it's you know the state had made a commitment that they did not want to raise any taxes but by doing that they're funneling down those requirements to local governments where we're in the situation of having to decide whether we want to raise taxes or maybe not provide a service um, and so they're putting the buck on us yeah you're the ugly boys on the block exactly that's what they're doing they just keep passing the buck that's right and I, I think I it's just important for everyone to be aware of this. Uh, There are uh, cards that have been provided by the Texas Association of Counties and our residents or anyone can fill out these cards to send to our governor and our lieutenant governor uh, to let them know that we do not want unfunded mandates. And if you are going to insist on them, then you provide the funding for them. So the House passes this down and does um, the Senate also? Uh, Well, it's the laws that they pass uh, as a legislative body. And so they're passing these laws and sending them down to local governments. Okay, so if we call our uh, federal representative... Uh, like can, Ted Cruz and we uh, can certainly we can certainly do that. But I would start with our state, with our local state um, representative and senators, um, and let them know that this is unacceptable. Okay, so listeners, you heard that, and this is another reason why it's very important to vote in this November's election. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, sure. do we want to continue on? Yeah, a little um, bit more. So e-filing is one that uh, the legislature said that counties needed to start providing e-filing, but without the uh, increase in funding, e-filing has increased 2,139%, and most of that cost um, is a direct uh, decision from the counties, many counties, to purchase the case management software due to this mandate to provide the services. So where is the commission's court getting the money from? Um, Well, we're having to raise that money through additional uh, revenue that we get from taxes. It's just part of our uh, yearly budget. Okay, I think it's time for another break. Sid is kind of motioning me, and we'll be right back. If you just tuned in, You're listening to The L&B Show with me. I'm Ellen. I'm your host. If you miss any one of my shows, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. In this next part of my show, I'm going to be talking with Democratic candidates who are running for different positions on Hayes County Commissioner's Court, and I would like you to help me welcome them. But just before you do that, um, I've got four other people here, so things might be jumping around a little bit, so just be patient. We're going to get everybody in because I want to hear from everybody who is running. So, okay, so the first one is Ruben Becerra, who is running for Hayes County Judge. So we're going to start with you, Ruben, okay? Yes, hi. Okay, so why are you running, and what experiences are you bringing to the job as Hayes County Judge? 
I am running because our community no longer feels represented. We have a strong disconnect with the silos of power that are in place right now. There's nothing wrong with being in office for a long time. There's something wrong with being in office and having the community not feel represented. So we have a very ever-shrinking population feeling connected to policies being doled out. And if you feel like the policy is not a good one, it's a simple idea to think about. The policy wasn't drafted to benefit you. And so we see more and more of that on the regular. And our, our lone Democrat county commissioner needs some help. Yes, she does. <laughs> that's Debbie. <laughs> okay. And what experiences are you bringing to the job? Well, that's a wonderful question because I have raised my family here in the county seat, San Marcos, and I have been on many boards and commissions making policy, affecting policy, public policy making for almost 20 years. Currently, I'm the chair of the bond oversight committee for our $100 million plus dollars of our school bonds. Uh, I was the chair of the bond oversight committee for our city's bonds, and I've always had a hand in public policy making on that front. But also, I have a very unique front that very often people get embarrassed of or afraid to bring out. But I will tell you that I have learned to embrace the reality that I am broken just like everyone else. And so if you want to control someone, control their emotions. And one way these silos of power are trying to control us is through fear. So what I want to say is the wonderful lesson my wife taught me, which was learn to laugh at yourself. And so what I bring to the table as a county judge candidate is experience experience of being broke, experience of all these different hats, of being broke, of having a mugshot, of having a a foreclosure, of having a repo, whatever you want to think about, of having something that is not visibly or a great reminder of things in the past. Uh, I've lived it. I've lived it as a resident of Hayes County, and I feel that my opponent has no idea what it's like to uh, dole out policy and how it affects people on the regular. When I can't buy a gallon of milk and my opponent is doling out contracts for special interest, pushing money outside of our county and not representing a desire to bring sense of community or sense of place or funding things that are important to us as a community, I've got a problem with it. And guess what? So do a lot of other people in the county. That's true. That's why, listeners, you got to go out and vote. It's very important, more than ever. If you want your uh, voice heard, you have to vote, and you have to also call your senators and your uh, congressmen. What are some concerns your constituents have that you will address when you're elected Hayes County judge? What I would like to do at the very, very onset of all of this is right after our swearing in on January 2nd, I want to get started on pushing out big government. We have all of the big government efforts that Commissioner Acting County Judge Debbie Inglesby uh, was describing a minute ago. We want to fight back. We want to get proper representation. And if the House is passing policy on funded mandates, well, then we need to make our community aware. We are no longer allowed to sit idle, to sit on our hands and act as though, well, I didn't know better, so I didn't act. Those days are long gone. We have technology now. And if you don't know, it's because you don't care in some instances. And so it's our job to tell people that you must fight back and ask people to ask our elected officials to fund projects that like the unfunded mandate effort, fund projects that are very important to us or don't pass them and don't force them on us, specifically uh, criminal justice reform. We are being told to do lots of things, but we are not being funded. And so we are told on many levels, people are being pulled over, racially profiled. Criminal justice reform is a is a big piece on ours, uh, on our platform. One of the other big pieces that people are concerned with is how we have, yes, an explosive Uh, population in Hayes County, but there's no reason we need an even more explosive debt ratio. You can slice it however you want to slice it, but the truth is our debt shouldn't outpace our growth, and we are in a place where we are having to burden our current residents with future up to 2050, uh, the year 2050's uh, developmental expenses on the current residents' back, and that's not fair. And all these corporate welfare tax breaks that we're giving to big companies, names that you'll know in a blink, they're getting millions upon millions of dollars of tax breaks 
fixed while small business owners are being left to pay that tab. I, as a small business owner, have not received a check from any government saying, hey, thanks for being here and here's a few million dollars or even a half a million dollars for for doing what you're doing and hiring people. And every small business owner that I talk to from Dripping Springs all the way to Sun Monaco's and in every other corner, no one has told me that they're receiving corporate welfare equivalent uh, financial contributions. And so it's not fair that we're giving to the big fish singularly and uh, ideally because they have some direct or indirect tie to silos of power. It's not fair and it's not right. Okay. Ruben, thank you very much. Listeners, again, if uh, you are concerned, you need to vote for Ruben. Uh, He is running for county judge, Hayes County judge on the Democratic ticket. Um, We need you to get out and vote. And I want to thank Ruben, and we might bring you back later. We will see, because now for the next person that we're going to be talking with is Richard Cronchy, who is running for commissioner from Precinct 2. So if you are from Precinct 2, listen up. Thank you very much for having me on this program. My name is Richard Crunchy, and I'm running for County Commissioner Precinct 2. Now, first off, Precinct 2 is, for the most part, Buda and Kyle and Hayes City and Mountain City, part of Driftwood, Niederwald, and Euland. There's no gerrymandering going on. I'm oh, just no, you're, you're, you're all over the place. I'm not in San Marcos, though. I think we better hire you an airplane, huh? <laughs> Or how about a helicopter? That Either way here. Uh, one of the biggest reasons I'm running is because the current commissioner's court has not been responsive to the citizens. I'm a teacher by trade. I'm a retired teacher with over 30 years of experience teaching math and science in Hayes County and surrounding counties. And I've been a community uh, advocate for those years. Mm -hmm. I live east of I-35, and it is the forgotten spot of Hayes County. The roads are in horrible shape, and I just want to make life easier for people when they uh, go to work and school and where they shop and where they play and where they pray, too. And I'm very frustrated, so I decided to step up to the plate and realize I'm running against an incumbent who's got eight years of just non-responsiveness. I was one of the founding fathers of Niederwald. I know nobody knows where Niederwald is. It's off of Highway 2001 on the east side of the county. Now now I know where it is because every time we go to... uh the Y, and we get off at 215, we always pass Needlewell and say, oh, that's Richard's district. <laughs> I, I haven't, uh, I'm self-funded for the most part campaign, few donations. I do not take any PAC money, and it's my understanding that my opponent has taken quite a bit of PAC money from people who do business in front of the court. Yes, this is legal, but no, it doesn't pass the smell test, in my opinion. I'm a, also very much so a peacemaker. I taught in some rough places by myself, no help, and was able to make everybody get something that they wanted and make everyone happy. And uh, everywhere I go, people ask me about schools. It's confusing because I was a teacher. Now, the Hayes County Commissioner Court really doesn't deal with schools. That's your local school board. And the bulk of your taxes are school taxes. But... This growth that we experience in Hayes County is just overwhelming, especially in the Kyle Buda area. If you've been on I-35 lately going south from Austin, my cheap suggestion is don't. You you need to get to where you're going, go another road, and there aren't any other roads. And that's my part of my frustration from running also. Is that the concern, the major concern of your constituents, are the roads? Or? The major concern of my constituents is really transportation and roads. Now, uh, I don't want to see Hayes County turn into another little Austin, if you will. It's becoming that way. So uh, the other concern that uh, my constituents have is uh, safety also. And so uh, there are parts or spots of Precinct 2 for which the response time from the EMS services aren't timely enough. There, I'm understanding that there's dead spots for some of the sheriff's departments and emergency services because part of where my district is is very rural. So I feel like uh, I can do a good job, represent the citizens of Precinct 2, and uh, I appreciate uh, you having me on this program, ma'am. Oh, you're welcome because 
because, I mean, I'm learning a whole lot. I think it's time to take a break. And uh, when we return, we'll hear more from the other commissioners who are running and from Elaine, who's running for Hayes County Clerk. Okay. Do you like He-Man? Did you play with G.I. Joe's when you were younger? Used to collect Garbage Pail Kid cards? That means you've got style. Style Wars, Saturday on KZSM Community Radio. Are you ready for some Texas metal? June 15th and 16th, the Buzz Mill in San Marcos, Texas, will be hosting a two-day benefit concert for the San Antonio Battered Women's Shelter and KZSM.org, San Marcos, Texas Community Radio. Come feel the heat. 15 bands, 2 days, the summer of metal. KZSM.org, San Marcos Community Radio. It's The Wiz with you every Monday night from 10 until midnight. With a very special thank you for a very special donation from Miss Joan Bird. For all of these lovely vinyl records and CDs and music that we get to play here on KZSM.org. If you'd like to make a donation of time, money, or music, please contact us at kcsm.org, your true community radio station here in San Marcos, Texas. Okay, welcome back. You're listening to The Ellen B Show with me, Ellen, your host. And I'm coming to you on kzsm.org from San Marcos. And if you've been here since the beginning, you have gotten a lot of information about Hayes County Commissioner's Court. And um, we've also been talking with some people who are running for different positions on the uh, Commissioner's Court. So we did hear from uh, Ruben Becerras, who is running for Hayes County Judge, and also Richard Conchi, who is running for the Commissioner from PC, from Precinct 2. And now it is Jimmy Allen Hall's turn, who's also running for Commissioner from PC3. Okay, Jimmy, I'm all ears. Educate me in my listeners. Who are you? I'm Jimmy Allen Hall, and I am running for County Commissioner Precinct 3 on the Democratic ticket. I want to thank you, Ellen and Sid, for having us here. I want to thank uh, Commissioner Inglesby for helping all of us understand how the Hayes County government uh, County government works. Um, not just the people in this room, but uh, the, your listening audience with respect to let's get educated. And, and as you said, care about what happens and go vote. That's right. And you, Thank I'm you. talking about you, Ellen. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um, Precinct 3 is the western part of Hayes County. It includes, doesn't include Dripping Springs, and the south of Dripping Springs, Wimberley, down 12, down Hunter Road, into San Marcos. As we've discussed before, you look at the precinct maps and you see some gerrymandering in there where uh, the, I would call the the red parts uh, were packed somewhat into Precinct 3. I'm running because I want to serve, want to listen to what people have to say, and I want to respond effectively and efficiently to their concerns. I want to do something that addresses those concerns. After November 8th, 2016, I said, I got to do something. And I got recruited by people in uh, where I live, in Wimberley. I live in Wimberley. And people recruited me to run for off. I considered other races, but this is the one I decided would best suit my talents and my time. Um, My talents and time. Uh, are my experience for 40 years or more. Um, I went to law school as well as the LBJ School of Public Affairs, and I got an undergraduate degree in architecture. I always looked up to Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo about being a Renaissance-type man, but exploring what possibilities are out there and doing so in public service. I worked in the Texas legislature. I worked for the State Environmental Agency. I've represented the Barton Springs Edwards Aquifer Conservation District. I helped with the legal team forming that district and selected, and I was the one who selected the name for it. Uh, later, I represented the Edwards Aquifer Authority in the initial round of issuing permits. The, the big Day and McDaniel case that the uh, Supreme Court decided that you have a property right in the water and your ground was the case I was the first attorney on back several years ago, let's put it that way. Um, and presently, I serve on the board of directors of the Wimberley Valley Radio Station. I serve on the board of the South Central Conference of the United Church of Christ. I'm the lay leader at my church. I'm involved in my community because I want to give back to my community. My community gives much to me. I want to give back in that regard, too. Um, 
I'm a former city attorney. So local government is part of what I've been doing for years. Uh, when I was at another law firm, I represented Texas Association of Counties. So I've done some work for cities and counties in my experience. Uh, I'm board certified in administrative law, which means I appear before state agencies, uh, SOA, and maybe the county can hire me to contested case against EP. And uh, Ruben Becerra, Richard Crunchy, and I sent a letter into the district complaining about the EP application and opposing it and saying, if you're going to issue a permit, it's got to be much tighter than the one here. Uh, I do give um, thanks to the, the staff of the district and what they've done. We just want to push them a little bit more to make sure that this property right, if that's what it is, which I think it is, is not taken away from my constituents in a unjustified manner and moved over to the other side of the county. Uh, it's, it's what Commissioner Inglesby was uh, talking about Tuesday morning in Commissioner's Court. I've been representing small businesses for years. I've represented individuals before regulatory agencies, uh, especially with respect to their occupational licenses. So government is what I've been rowing my boat in for, for many years. Um, I've been an advocate is my legal role, as well as an advocate for the other uh, activities in which I've been involved, such as the radio station, my church, bigger churches, those things. Um, and I care about everyone. My campaign slogan is Hall for All, and that is because everybody counts. When I was in the legislature or staff, I wasn't elected. I did redistricting, and what we tried to do was have communities of interest. That is not what we have in Hayes County. We have a gerrymandered plan, and you can go online and look at many articles about that, of how the packing and cracking occurs, and that's what we have here. Who, who creates the uh, districts, the voting districts? Well, the, 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 well, the, the precincts in Hayes County are created by the commissioner's court. And oh. if you look at the four precincts for the commissioners and then look at the, the numbers, and I will defer to our math teacher, Mr. Crunchy, over here, but we probably should have best or worst, depending on your perspective, two Democrats and two Republicans and commissioners. I look at the numbers now, and Richard can chime in. It probably should be three to one. Um, Republic, uh, Democrat, three Democrats, one Republican. Given the numbers, we're we're Hayes County is a Democratic leaning county, um, but the precinct drawing that was done after the 2010 census really packed it such that you, we ended up with three Republicans, which is unfair. And that what you were talking about early, Ellen, in terms of people having their voices heard, Right. what the gerrymandering has done, as well as the voter suppression, the limitations on voting access, the early uh, voting days, uh, where the precincts are, where we, we don't have, like Travis County has, voting centers. Let's make voting as easy as possible as you said, so everybody can easily go do it. It is being a citizen of Hayes County. It's being a citizen of Texas. It's being a citizen of the United States in which everybody participates in our democracy. Who determines how many precincts there are? Well, it's a state statute. There are four commissioners or four precincts. Now, voting precincts are set by the, I don't know if it was delegated to the election commission uh, now, which uh, Jennifer Anderson is the election official. They deal with that. Um, okay. I'm, but with respect to my platform or my interests are, I want transparent government. And that gets back to what I was just discussing in terms of having elections that are fair and that people get an equal everybody's vote counts the same. Okay, yes, from my perspective, the concerns I think my constituents have, in essence, my platform, are, as Reuben and Richard, and I'm sure Elaine will discuss, is having an open and transparent government, a government in which everybody's vote is cast counts the same. And I'm sure Commissioner Ingsbury supports us 100%. She's nodding her head, yes. Um, and not be aligned with special interest. I'm not taking any PAC money whatsoever. I do have a, a humorous rule that I'll accept money from the NRA, but I'm giving 105% of what I receive from the NRA to Mother's Demand Action. Um, so no PAC money, as well as water, water, water. Commissioner Ingham, we mentioned the EP application uh, is of concern. We have issues with respect to wastewater treatment uh, in Dripping Springs and Wimberley. I'm working with people to make sure that there's no pollution from those as well as reasonable development such that when the development that will occur here it will be managed in a manner in which there our quality of life is protected and people have enough water that people aren't having their wells go dry and the people who move here have clean drinkable water um, we need to have a county budget that reflects the values of the people of Hayes County, and that is a right-size government for the right-size problem. We're not sending money on projects that really don't help us in the long run. And I'm also, as 
we discussed, as Richard discussed, as Commissioner Ingles, we discussed, concerned about safety on our roads. Ranch Road 12, we've had several deaths out there recently, unfortunately, and tragically. Uh, and I've talked to the constable out there, Ray Helms, of what to do. Uh, and we probably need to put another two lanes in at parts of uh, Ranch Road 12. And I'll do everything I can to do that because lo- losing lives is the last thing that we should have happening in our Hayes County. Okay. So, um... I want to thank you very much um, for coming on the show. Uh, We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to The Ellen B. Show with me, Ellen, your host. If you miss any one of my shows, you can follow me on SoundCloud or Facebook. In this part of my show, I have been talking with the Democratic candidates who are running for different positions on Hayes County Commissioner's Court. And my next guest is running for... Hayes County clerk, and her name is Elaine Cordenis. So, Elaine, I want to welcome you, and um, I want to ask you, like, why are you running? Well, like my counterparts, I'm running because I think we need better and fairer, more balanced representation in county government and an infusion of fresh blood, really. It appears to me that for the most part, we have a group of people who've been friends and pals for years who are working together making all of the decisions. It's like a little clique. And I think it's almost like a a family that has too much intermarriage. You need to um, have an infusion of new blood to stay healthy and keep strong. So that's one of my reasons. And the other is that I am unhappy to see so many positions going unopposed in the elections. And I I don't think it's healthy. It's a basic tenet of our form of government that we need competition and choice to lead to excellence and accountability. And so I looked at the opportunities last December, and I decided that this was something that I'm very qualified for and that I can do well. Okay. What's your qualifications? Well, I have, to start with, an education that's related to the job. I have an MBA with concentrations in planning, data uh, management, uh, market research, those kinds of things. And I also have a doctorate. So I've learned a lot about how to manage organizations, some of the science behind programs of vital statistics, which are part of the duties of the county clerk, and data collection. Uh, I also have, more importantly, decades of experience working as a senior executive for national think tanks and research organizations such as the Gallup organization, where I led large teams doing projects very similar to what the county clerk has to do, and in some cases, larger. In my most recent job, I was vice president of survey research for DRC, and in that capacity, I led a team of about 200 IT professionals who managed some of the largest, most um, challenging contracts in the federal government for the Department of Defense, the U.S. Army, the Veterans Administration, and other organizations. We managed one of the largest personnel databases in the world and collected and protected sensitive information such as attitudes towards don't ask, don't tell, sexual assault in the military, and other issues. We had to meet the highest standards of data quality and security in existence at the time, and we need that kind of expertise as we move forward. Oh, go girl, go. Whoa. Okay, what does the county clerk do? Well, it's an important job. It's not on most people's radar, but it (laughs) does affect all of us. It's a senior executive position in the county government, or it should be, and it actually, a little factoid, it dates back to ancient Greece. Does? Yes, it does. Uh, Originally, they took the people who who were able to read and write to record important decisions in the courts, and we're still doing that today. That's one of the things the county clerk does is keep all the records for the courts. It also goes back to colonial era in this country and to the 7th century in England. So it's an old job and it hasn't changed a lot. It's basically recording key events in the county. And there are in Hayes County three major duties. One is maintaining the system of vital statistics, which feed into national statistics in important ways. Those include marriages, births, deaths, and a lot of people don't know, fetal deaths and uh, terminated pregnancies. The county clerk is also responsible for providing administrative support and services to other agencies in the local government, including the commissioner's court and the other courts. We do such things as um, 
arranging the juries and paying jury members, that sort of thing, but also document all of the court proceedings, keep track of property records such as deeds and foreclosures and other records of that sort. And the county clerk throughout the state of Texas is also normally over the elections. In our county, we have an ordinance that has set up a an elections administrator and a board to govern elections. And that um, the county clerk serves as the vice chair on that board and has a vote equal to the judge's vote and a couple of other members. But that's an area where I particularly think that we need to focus a lot of our attention in the future. Mm. Okay, so once you get elected, what changes would you make, if any? Well, I, I would make some. <laughs> I'd make several. I have three basic areas I want to work on. One is um, the researcher in me says that we have to deal with security issues. The data quality and security are really critical. The 9-11 Commission identified county-level vital statistics programs as a major site for potential penetration by terrorists. And Rachel Maddow, just last night, had a couple on who were Russian spies who had... Oh, shucks. I missed that one. I watched <laughs> it, was it every so often. It was, it was like a good the one? Americans. We recorded yes. it. Go ahead. Um, if you watch the TV show, The Americans, no. it was no. the family, apparently, that's based on. But they took their identities from vital statistics. The, uh, they got the birth certificates of two children who had died in Canada and took over those. And, of course, as soon as you have a birth certificate, then you can get a driver's license, a passport, and just assume a whole new identity. But we also know that our elections and our county's data have been penetrated during the recent elections, and they are vulnerable, and we can just expect that there's going to be more of that in the future. And we need to be ready for it. I suspect that this is not funded. This will be another unfunded mandate coming up. You want want to run for president? You want to run for president? (laughs) I don't think I want to do that, no. Um, the the second area that I want to work on is really customer service. It's an enormous customer service job with many, many people involved. The general public wants different hours. They want us to be open nights and weekends, and they want to pay lower fees for the services. The heavy users, like the lawyers who are filing and the people who do title searches, want uh, less cumbersome systems. I just heard a terrible story the other day about somebody who's working on a current court case who needed to review a document and went to the county clerk's office. And it's a big long room where all the clerks are behind glass. It looks a little bit like the TV portrayals of a prison visitor's room. You take a number. Well, in this case, the person had to go look through the window over the shoulder of the clerk to read the document on the clerk's computer and have her scroll through it so that they could get the information they needed Mm -hmm. for the current. Well, that's just ridiculous. We can't work that way. And I do know that whenever you go to things like e-filing, you have complications in a period where you need to debug and get it going. But um, but we do need to make it very user-friendly and easy to find things. Other states have systems where they have statewide portals that you can go into for title searches, and you can just find your documents within seconds. Here I understand that their tabs are hard to find, there aren't a lot of instructions, and of course, once again, there's the issue of the fees, and why do we need them? Our office is the county clerk's office, yeah. is expected to generate $1.3 million in revenue this year. So um, I, <laughs> do we need those fees? Um, I don't maybe think we so. do. I mean, if we're going to make all of these improvements, we might. But <laughs> That's true. But That's we need true. to look at them and right. decide what's fair and reasonable. And the third thing, and last, is the elections. I We really need to be sure that we get the elections under control in this county. There's no excuse that there are no places to vote on the east side of 35. Um, We need to have people who are informed about where to vote, when, how to register. They need to know that their names get purged if they haven't voted recently. Yeah, I just found that (laughs) out. I mean, mean, that's ridiculous, right? It is ridiculous. We need a host of reforms to strengthen our elections process. And there's just absolutely no excuse for losing over 1,800 votes. That's just ridiculous. There was a protocol in place. It wasn't followed. 
that shouldn't happen. Okay, we're going to uh, take a break, and we'll be right back. Okay, well, um, Sid is signaling me. It's time for me to say goodbye. I hope you enjoyed the show. I certainly enjoyed listening to everybody, and I learned a lot about the Commissioner's Court, and I want to thank Commissioner Inglesby, Ruben Becerra, Richard Cronshi, Jimmy Allen Hall, and Elaine Conderis for coming. Um for taking time out of their busy schedule. I know it's a very busy schedule when you're running for a position, when you're a candidate. Okay, and I want you, I want to remind you that November 6th is election day. Early voting starts from Monday, October 22nd through Friday, November 2nd. October 9th is the last day to register to vote. A change of address card must be filled out and mailed 30 days before you can vote. So I want to thank you all for coming, all my um, guests for coming, and I want to thank all my listeners. And I just want to say um, that from my heart to yours, be kind to yourself and others, but stand tall, especially in these times, and go vote. That's how you get your voice heard and say yes to love. Till next time, this is Ellen Braveman. Bye.